Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Friday, June 17th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. Hope you're having a good week. I think I've drank more water this week than the rest of the year combined um, water and iced coffee. Mission critical these days. Today is the seventh anniversary of the shooting at Emanuel AME Church. A look back at how Joe Cunningham, a former congressman from Charleston, was able to run a strong statewide primary campaign. The town of Allendahl is suing Elliot Summy over a years-old controversy over his use of public lands and a mining operation that netted him hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I've got a handful of new places you can check out this weekend in Charleston. Those stories and more, starting now. Seven years ago today, nine lives were violently cut short at Emanuel AME Church, and an unknown number of lives were irreparably impacted. Members of Emanuel AME Church were targeted by a Columbia-area man, Dylan Roof, in hopes of starting a race war. The killings kicked off a national conversation about racist violence, but aside from removing the Confederate flag that flew outside the state house, a flag which Roof worshipped, not much action has been taken to fix the legal hole that allowed Roof to buy the gun he used, either at home here in South Carolina or in Washington. The Charleston loophole still sits unfilled. Violence facilitated by loose gun laws continue to claim innocent lives here in Charleston and across the country. Here's a bit from a column by state rep J.A. Moore, whose half-sister, Myra Thompson, was among those killed on June 17th, 2015, published online yesterday in the Post and Courier. Quote, The recent scourge in gun violence across our country has ripped apart communities, much like ours was ripped apart seven years ago. Too many towns and cities are joining a list that nobody wants to be on. There are too many empty chairs at our kitchen tables, too many empty desks at school and work, too many parents burying their children. It's too much, unquote. I don't want to dwell just on the terror and pain inflicted by this shooting. Members of Emanuel AME Church and churches everywhere have, for generations, used their common shared experiences and faith in God to try to set their communities on a path of justice and equality, standing up against laws and structures that disadvantage and deprive people of opportunities to live happy, healthy, joyful lives. President Barack Obama, in his June 26, 2015 eulogy of Clementa Pinckney, talked about the faith-rooted conviction of the minister and the state senator and his congregants who were among those killed alongside him seven years ago today. A sanctuary from so many hardships. Over the course of centuries, black churches served as hush harbors where slaves could worship in safety. Praise houses where their free descendants could gather and shout hallelujah. Rest stops for the weary along the Underground Railroad. Bunkers for the foot soldiers of the Civil Rights Movement. They have been and continue to be community centers where 
we organize for jobs and justice, places of scholarship and network, places where children are loved and fed and kept out of harm's way and told that they are beautiful and smart and taught that they matter. Clementa Pinckney, Sharonda Coleman-Singleton, Cynthia Hurd, Susie Jackson, Ethel Lance, DePayne Middleton, Daniel Simmons, Taiwanza Sanders, Myra Thompson. Got a quick look back at former Congressman Joe Cunningham's primary campaign that saw statewide success via the posting courier today. Uh, showed that some pretty traditional methods helped him to victory over State Senator Mia McLeod. Tyler Jones, Cunningham's consultant, uh, told the Posting Courier that it came down to where the former congressman was on TV and the fact that politicians just aren't that well-known, even their, even in their own areas. Uh, just looking at a map of South Carolina to see where which counties each candidate carried, Cunningham reportedly bought TV ads in Charleston, Columbia, and Greenville. And wouldn't you know, Cunningham carried all those counties, including Richland County, where McLeod lives and represents people in the state Senate. Uh, Cunningham won Richland by almost 20%. There's been a lot said about how political advertising has changed in the past 20 years, but TV is TV, and a lot of primary voters, apparently, still watch TV. Though I did talk to one woman in Latta when I was on the road this week, uh, who said Latta's up in Dillon County, kind of near the North Carolina border who said that she saw a Cunningham ad on TikTok, which is kind of amazing. Still, though, that didn't help him win uh, Dillon County, which went from a cloud. Look, there are a lot of forces at play here in this race. The whole debate kerfuffle bubbled up at the end, but it didn't seem like there was any interest by the state party to pump up this primary. And Cunningham is definitely more of a traditional candidate, you know, like a younger white male lawyer, some political experience. You know, there, there's definitely some prevailing winds that McLeod had to fight against right out of the gate on this one. Uh, back when I worked in political consulting, there was always a saying that you wanted to define the race you were in. Otherwise, someone else was going to do it for you. And you kind of saw that on both sides in this race. Um, McLeod was not on TV and didn't do many public events statewide. The Posting Courier said that that was a decision made for security reasons. But Cunningham was on TV, and so he was defining the race. But traditional or not, like I said on Wednesday, look for Cunningham to run a more aggressive campaign than past Democratic candidates for governor. Um, It'll be an interesting one to watch. The town of Allendaw, just north of Mount Pleasant, has filed a lawsuit against former Charleston County Council Chairman Elliot Summey over work he did on a 290-acre piece of land uh, of county-owned land in the rural area that is said to have made the former councilman hundreds of thousands of dollars but which allegedly violated the terms of the agreement he had with the town to work that land. Summy worked mostly in commercial real estate and served on county council until 2020, after which he took a highly paid job running the Charleston International Airport, where he still works today. Originally, Summy struck a deal with the town of Allendaw to spend about a half a million dollars to build a park on the land. Um, that's what a lot of these county greenbelt uh, funds do, is that they buy open spaces like this that could otherwise be developed and keep them under public control. It's hard to tell exactly, but it sounds like somebody thought he could make some money from this property and the town thought the agreement might be mutually beneficial. You know, like we get a park, somebody squeezes what money he can out of the undeveloped land. But once he spent that half million, 
uh, and to develop the land, if he made any more money from the property, according to the agreement uh, via the Post and Courier's reporting, he was supposed to split that money with the town. Um, but the money he ended up paying the town was less than expected, according to the Post and Courier. And that's part of what the lawsuit looks to fix, it seems like. There's no specified amount of damages in this suit, but the June 10th suit filed by Allendahl alleges that Summy's arrangement to work the land, uh, bought with county conservation money, netted him a good amount of money himself, uh, part of which was supposed to be paid to the town, but was not. It alleges that the business entity that uh, Summy created was used to evade his legal obligations. And it alleges that Summy showed, quote, dishonesty in fact and unfair dealing, unquote. Um, none of these items have been proven as of now. They're just allegations from a lawsuit. This whole thing has been part of a years-long disagreement between Summy and Onda. Uh, the Post and Courier has done other investigative stories on it. Uh, a town lawyer told the paper that it was standing up for, quote, its rights under the agreement through the lawsuit, unquote. And now that the suit has been filed, Summy told the Post and Courier that he expects the facts to come out as part of the legal proceedings, but didn't address any of these specific allegations. All right, the weekend is here and a few new places have opened up in recent months. Let's take a quick look at a few places that might make your weekend to-do list. Chef Nico Romo has yet another restaurant under his belt, this time in Somerville. It's a new Italian restaurant called Laura. And it opened right off of Main Street in Somerville at the beginning of June. Also open in the last month is Islander 71 on Isle of Palms. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Um, it's in the old Morgan Creek Grill spot. So it's from the same folks who uh, did have done Mex One and Jack's Cosmic Dogs. Um, Islander 71 is a pretty big spot. They've got the inside restaurant space with a bar like you might expect. But I think the main draw here is the expanded outdoor bar right there on the creek. They built out the bar, spruced up the seating areas, added a stage. I think the stage is new um, and have some special outdoor drinks from what they tell me out there. Also, another project from local restaurant vets, uh, Sullivan's Fish Camp opened on Sullivan's Island last month from the folks who own Basic Kitchen downtown and Post House Restaurant in Mount Pleasant. Um, I haven't been to Sullivan's yet, but if you know the tolls, Ben and Kate, they're the co-owners, uh, you know that they sweat the little details on their project. So this looks like it's supposed to be an ode to kind of old style fish camps, like I, the ones I grew up going to in North Carolina, um, but kind of a, with a Charleston twist. So you're going to have some of the old school fried seafood, but also, you know, stuff like raw oysters to level things up a bit. For everyone who's been missing their Monero wings and burritos, they can breathe a sigh of relief with the new restaurant's new location on John's Island. It's in the old Fat Hen space. Um, I haven't been to the new spot yet, but man, I love those wings. And that burrito was the first thing I ever got on the first day that they were open in the original location downstairs there on East Bay Street. Um, I want one right now. And a brand new spot, and this might be a now Charleston scoop here for y'all, Bevy Benet, the new brewery and kombucha spot off of King Street Extension, opens today, Friday. They've been posting about a grand opening next weekend, and that's still on, but I stopped by there yesterday, and they said they'd be open today. It's in the lumberyard development, mostly offices kind of under I-26 there, uh, behind all the sign workshops. But uh, just keep going back there off of King Street, and it's kind of a modest-sized spot tucked away there. Um, something to be said for 
not building a huge space right off the bat, especially in a new building like this. It seems like a nice spot to hang out. Brews will lean toward loggers, it sounds like, uh, and that's another trend that's been interesting to watch. And they'll also have um, hard kombucha, which is about as trendy as you can get on that side. I am looking forward to checking it out. Bevy Bene. You can find links to all these at nowcharleston.com. That's all I've got for you today. If you've got feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show uh, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that's a big help also. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday with the next Now Charleston.